On today's first round KO, we have some segments for you. We start with winners and losers between the Spurs and Raptors and also the Bucks and the Bulls. And we also get into the Machado trade between the Dodgers and the Orioles, which I am also hashtag mad about it. So we get into that. Um, we also have one last thing, obviously, for you guys. I talk about the Brewers' uh, trade deadline needs, and Connor talks about Derrick Rose's legacy. Let's get it. Welcome to the most must-hear WSUW sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers, and I am joined today for the first time as my new co-host by Connor Moore. How's it going, Connor? I'm back. Oh, man. Uh, It's funny because you mentioned when you said the first time ever, I was like, wait. A minute. Okay. Like, Wait a second. First like, time I've as the here. co-host. <laughs> right, right. Because the because you said co-host like after a pause, I was like, "Where are you going with this?" Uh, but <laughs> no, man, this is no, this is great. I think I don't know what I'm more excited about. I'm I don't know if I'm more excited about the fact that you know that that we're doing this podcast, and I'm excited for everyone to hear this first episode. You know, with two of us as co-hosts, or if I'm more excited for people to see the brand new graphic that's. Uh, that's in store. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, yeah. So obviously, if you're listening, this is out on the internet right now. And our my my creative team, which consists of uh, Kizmo, um, created our new graphic. And oh my god, do I love it so much! <laughs> it's very like all I'll say is if if me still liking the WWE has wasn't already the worst kept secret of my life. It's it's just out there. No, it's even it worse. is yep. it's gone. <laughs> there is no secret about it now. So if you think I'm a nerd because of this, whatever. I've been called a nerd since I was like eight. I don't care. Same. Um, but no, I, no, I was super pumped about it. I was halfway tempted to tweet out that image like this morning as like a oh, little teaser, too. as like a teaser thing. But I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Hang on to it. Hang on to it till the episode is posted then post it on instagram or yeah, something yeah, then we'll go with it. i'll put it i'll put it on both the twitter and the instagram by the way there's an instagram and twitter page for first round ko now go follow it um on instagram it's just first round ko on twitter i th- oh it's frko podcast yep, yep frko podcast um on twitter so yeah go give those a follow um just see all the behind the, uh, behind the scenes stuff but yeah so connor moore is now the co-host, we will always have two, at least two people on the show at all times now. Um, for right now, he's not living in Whitewater with me. <laughs> so he's going to be calling in via Skype for most of the summer here until he moves back. But once he moves back, he will be in studio every day with me, and it's going to be a blast. I should be back in about a month, actually. Uh, I just figured out when I have to be back up there. I uh, literally just got the email a couple of days ago saying what the date was that I need to be back by um, because of work. So, and then of course, SummerSlam is happening. So I need to try to go up, go up there for that. And that's like a week before I have to move in. I don't know. 
Okay. I'll just be I'll just be excited when I'm back when I'm back in the studio. I'm so. so excited for that. But yeah, so let's let's knock out some topics because okay, so I'm walking over here today, <laughs> walking over to the studio <laughs> to record. And I'm like I whip out my phone and I'm like, all right, let's let's just look at some of the stuff we're gonna talk about today. We got whip out bleacher report real quick. Oh, would you look at that? Woj Woj tweeted. What did he Oh, Mello got traded. <laughs> mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony, the worst kept secret that he was going to be out of Oklahoma City. Um, Carmelo Anthony got traded from the Thunder to the Atlanta Hawks, but the Atlanta Hawks plan to waive Carmelo, and Carmelo will be a free agent. And, um, well, uh, he'll be able to be claimed on waivers, I guess, by whatever team he chooses. The three front runners, I believe, are like Houston. Miami and I think Golden State or something like that. Oh God, no! Uh, it's, yeah, it's it's wild right now. I, it's really weird, but yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's what's going on. Melo is officially out of Oklahoma City. Connor, what are your thoughts on this? About damn time. <laughs> uh, if you want me to be completely honest with you, uh, it's it was the worst kept secret he wanted out and it was an even worse cash it wasn't even the fact that he kept it a secret the second one he straight up said it in in the media he didn't want to play play a part on the bench he wanted to start and with that lineup that OKC had it just wasn't feasible it wouldn't work you know and why ruin a good thing they were much better with just PG and Russ on the court so now he gets his wish he still gets his money he's about to have He's about to hit the free agency market. I would say the free agency market just gets a little bit more entertaining, but we all know he's going to Houston at this point. So honestly, my only massive opinion or the only opinion that I have about this is that it took long enough. I'm a little bit surprised that it was Atlanta, but apparently OKC really likes Dennis Schroeder. Why? I don't know. I am just, I am not a Dennis Schroeder fan. He was the best player on a bad team. Like... (laughs) Okay, it had to be someone. Exactly. Don't it make had to be someone. What if it was Mike Scott? They would have traded for him. But that's besides the point. They get a, you know, putting my pettiness and me not liking him aside, they get a very quality point guard to back up Russell Westbrook. Yes. You know, they have somebody to lead that second unit. You, the Thunder, I believe they are now. They went from like a hundred fifty some million in the luxury tax to like eighty eight million now. So that's a lot of money and Dang. everything. So, um, so I'm looking at this too, and apparently it was a three-team trade. Yeah, I think the Muscala had to be traded somewhere. I yep. So the Thunder sent Anthony to Atlanta, um, along with a protected pick for 2022, um, to Atlanta, and so the Thunder got Dennis Schroeder. The Sixers were the other team that were involved, and the Sixers got Mike Muscala, um, and Timothy. Wow, I don't know how to pronounce that last name. Lu Luwalu. <laughs> oh, uh, Timothy 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 uh Carrot or something Kab- like that. Kab- yeah, Kab- that dude. Kabat. Some I dude. Just know, <laughs> only reason I know this is because every single time I play against the Sixers on two K, he's always matched up on my best guy. Right. Don't know why. I always cook him, but it just happens. But that's the only re- that's the only reason I know. But. Muscala's a good player. You know, Muscala's quality, Sixers, yeah. The Sixers got another quality big man, you know, because they need more. But no, I think everyone's a winner here. I It's hard to say who is the true clear-cut winner. I would probably say arguably 
OKC because they save a lot of money. They got a quality point guard to lead that second unit. You know, the Sixers get a pretty quality big guy. The Hawks, they get some picks. They and the Hawks, the re- well, yeah, they get to unload. They get their pick, and they uh, get to unload Schroeder and Muscala, who, you know, they're trying to rebuild, so they're getting rid of big players. Right. And those are contracts that are yeah. fairly decent. And you know what this means now, now that Schroeder's gone. They're completely unleashing Trey Young. Like oh he's my goodness, like that's it, right. Like there is no he's, excuse he's as to why. He's their star dude now. He's their guy of the yeah, future, for but sure. Yeah, there's, there's no excuse to, as to why he shouldn't be starting by close to the beginning of the season or by a week or, or a month or so into it. He'll be, he'll be the starting uh, point guard for that team this year. So that's... All eyes on Trey Young now. You know this this move pretty much says, "All right, we're giving you the keys to the car. What are you going to do with it?" So, absolutely, yeah, there, yeah, that solidifies them saying Trey Young is our future. We're going to build around him. Um, so yeah, like you said, I like it all the way around. Thunder get rid of Anthony and they get Dennis Schroeder, which I don't know. The Thunder have gone through so many backup point guards that he'll probably be gone in a year too. Um, <laughs> but other than that. I think Philadelphia gets some quality players in there. Justin Anderson, I'm not sure where he he's going to Atlanta. I don't know where he was. <laughs> I think he was in Philly. Was he? Uh, did Philly offload him? Maybe I'm not sure. But they I want to say Philly. Yeah, maybe they probably just get a young player, probably a small contract. He's probably gone in a year or two too. Um, right. But yeah, um, we'll talk about this more when Melo actually signs somewhere, which I'm hoping is soon. That would be Melo paid not to play. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, let's move on because there's oh, there's so much bigger news in the NBA. So, while of course, this happens while, I'm vaca- while I am on vacation. All of this big stuff happens. So, first, we're going to also, I have segments. Me and, me and Kiz came up with some segments. So, we're going to get to some segments um soon and we're actually going to start with some segments because we are going to start with winners and losers here um first we are going to start with the spurs raptors deal so the san antonio spurs sent uh Kawhi leonard to the raptors it so the raptors get leonard they get danny green and the spurs got demar Derozan, jacob polt Poltel, Jacob Poltel. Uh, Poltel, yeah, something yep. like that. And a 2019 first-round pick. Connor, who do you think won this trade? Uh... <laughs> uh... By yeah. the way, I love the reports. So the the day that this trade happened, First reports came out saying Kawhi has no, has no interest in playing in Toronto, none whatsoever. And then literally like two hours later, uh, Woj tweeted, oh, yeah, Kawhi's warming up to Toronto. <laughs> like, how do you warm up to a city and a basketball team in two hours? <laughs> right. I think he's just saying that <laughs> at this point. There's... I think he's just saying that because a report came out saying how much money and how bad the league is going to come after his head if he even thinks about sitting out the entire season and he's and he's completely healthy i was heated about this so that that was the other report that came yeah. out was that Kawhi said he wanted to sit out for this season because he doesn't want to play in toronto and i swear to god like i have never been so heated about something i am usually i have been a big Kawhi supporter through this i 
I understand his situation in San Antonio. I get everything. You know, the culture shifted when Duncan left. He didn't like how he was being treated as a star. I get it. Not wanting to – sitting out there is okay. The circumstances were fine. But when you get traded, you have no say in where you got traded to. And now this team just gave up one of their star player, one of their franchise players for you, a pick and another player to get you onto their team. They're trying to do what OKC did with Paul George. You can't just turn around and say, nah, I don't want to play for you either. Like that looks terrible. It look it it's such a bad look for Kawhi Leonard. Even if he it, it, I, just him saying that in general, but I I think he's going to I think he's going to play. Like I said, the two hours later he can't. The report came out saying he warmed up to the city. He's going to play. Like if he didn't play, that would be so damaging to his career. But anyway, you want to know who I think wins this? Who? Yeah. Who? Who won this trade? San Antonio Spurs fans. Cause man, like how this guy goes from the most likable player in the league, arguably. You know, the most, he, easy, you yeah. don't associate him. Yeah, such an easygoing guy. He's not a prima donna at all. And next thing you know, first of all, he turns down $80 million uh, with the Supermax. The Supermax yeah. He's turned down the Supermax. He's whining and crying about wanting to go back to LA, which is fine and all of that. And then he makes a big fuss out of it. And then he goes to Toronto, threatens to sit out. Like, I feel so bad. I felt so bad for San Antonio Spurs fans. So when they traded him, I was so happy for them. Because this talk about a heel turn. Talk about the talk about a heel turn. This man just straight up just honestly, if I was a San I'm not even a San Antonio Spurs fan right now. No. I'm not I'm never not ever gonna pretend to be. Never have maybe yeah. never. unless they play the Warriors and the Unless playoffs. LeBron ever goes there, then I never will. Right. Right. But good riddance. I mean, Absolutely. honestly, like what more could you have possibly asked for? The Spurs are still com- – it's not like the Spurs were tanking. No. They still made the playoffs. They were still pretty competitive. They were still making moves. Without Kawhi. With, yeah, without Kawhi. They made the playoffs without Kawhi. If, they, if he played, they probably would have advanced further. So the winner of this trade, honestly, is it a draw? Can we call this one a draw? Because there is no winner on one – I mean, sure, the Spurs uh, would technically would have won because they got rid of the guy who's been whining and crying and everything, and you have yeah. Demar De- and you have and you have Demar Derozan coming in, and he's probably going to be ticked off. Which brings me to why I think this is a loss on Toronto, because tell me why, tell me why you sit the man down during a summer league meeting, and you're talking about the future and everything. And even though reports had already came out earlier in the summer that nothing's off the table for this team, you tell this man to his face, you're our guy, you're not going anywhere, you're the face of the franchise, you are loved, you are staying here, you're a raptor for life, and then three days later, three days later be like, eh, you know what, all that stuff we said, that was cool until Kawhi was on the table. See you. Have fun at the Alamo. This like, is, loyalty is dead. This is loyalty such a bad look. So this dead. is exactly what happened in the Blake Griffin Clippers situation where they they lifted his jersey in the rafters. They said, you're going to be a Clipper for life. You're our franchise player. And then later that year, 
They shipped him off to Detroit. This league is cold. This league is backwards. That's what it is. Not backwards in the sense of the term loyalty is only used when it's convenient. It's either never used or it's used or it's used to the convenience of solely NBA owners. Yeah. My my explanation to that teams could do this all the time, all the time. They could they did it to Blake. They did it to DeMar. They could do it to anyone. And it won't be the first time. It won't be the last and all of that. But when a player who is an unrestricted free agent has a chance to do something to better his career, whatever it is, whether it's winning championships to load up the bank account, whatever it is. And he decides to go to another place because it's better for his life and his career. Now he's the villain. But I guarantee you people are going to look at it from the opposite side. It's like, oh, well, it's a business. People say things People say things one way or the other. They say one thing and they change their minds. It's just a business. GMs and owners reserve that right. Well, so do the goddamn players at this point. Absolutely. I'm sure they don't own the damn team. Absolutely. But they are the ones who – they have to provide the man who writes their paychecks. They have to still do the damn job. So if they have a uh, have the opportunity to go somewhere else to better their career, to better their livelihood, who in the blue hell are we to criticize them? But it's completely fine when a GM like straight up just screams to the Raptors, "We love you, you're my boy, Blue," and then ships them for right. a bag of chips. In this case, it's not a bag of chips. You have one of the best players in the league, hands That's down. True. You, you at least it wasn't. Player. Yeah, at least it wasn't just Danny Green in a pick or something like that. Right. But I mean, but you see my point. Here. Yes. The point is you can't do. I mean, it I kind can, of is, I, though, because almost like Ka- Kawhi has said he's not resigning. Like he's going to L.A. one way or another. This is going to be the most expensive rental, not just in basketball, so, yeah. but in sports. And not just but, in the terms of Kawhi's contract or anything like that. Like they gave up their the star face of the dude. franchise. Yeah. Like, Kyle Lowry, he's a great player. He's not the star of their franchise. He's DeMar not, DeRozan was definitely though. the star of their franchise. He has carried them. He has been an MVP candidate. He has carried them through the East. A LeBron East, by the way, where they usually get one of the top seeds over the Cavaliers in the Heat. He has carried them. And now, with three years left on his contract, it's not like he was, you know, coming up and two and they were looking to ship him out because his contract. He had three years left on his contract. He wasn't going anywhere. You know, and the report started to come out saying that he's warming to the idea of Toronto and that he and that his represent his representatives and Toronto's representatives have been talking and there's hope that he might actually rethink and resign with Toronto. Hell no, he's going no. to LA. It, so I it, although <laughs> although I although, feel like we said the same exact thing for Paul George. We did. We did, but the the difference was you can kind of see that opinion change throughout the season. Yeah. I mean, sure, in the beginning of the season and everything, it was like, oh, wow, he's still going to L.A. But you can kind of tell. Like, there is something in me when just watching him play. I was like, man. I was like, if he leaves this and it's not a sure thing what's happening in L.A., then, damn, that's more of a calculated risk than this. And I think the fact that Oklahoma City straight up, like, wanted him. They, they said it right away. They want him bad. Right. This isn't just a rental. And I think it's the culture that was in place at Oklahoma City. That's the one word that yeah. you'll hear tossed around when talking about the Thunder. It's just the culture that organization has. I, Why would you leave something that's a for sure thing? The culture's there. You're competitive. 
and then you leave for LA where you don't know what the culture is like with that young with all those young kids you don't know if there's somebody else coming to the table there is it's one of those things which like the grass isn't always greener and why leave a sure thing yeah so I, I think yeah so I see that argument that, for Paul George with all of that I was just like okay yeah. Paul's most likely staying now don't get me wrong if the entire same if the entire thing happens with Kawhi Leonard then I will backtrack everything I just said. It was like, hey, you know what? The exact same thing that I thought wouldn't happen, <laughs> you know? But I don't see it. I don't see I it don't. Either. I don't see that happening in Toronto because what culture? You, you fired the coach of the year because you just happened oh. to lose against LeBron James. Oh, my goodness. You, now, you, now you trade the face of the franchise for a player you don't even know you're going to retain. Yeah. No free agent is going to want to go there. Nope. Sure, you still have some pieces in place. Sure, the East is wide open. It's basically a pillow fight to get to the, into the playoffs. Unfortunately, but there is no there that standard. Sure, they might have they might have hired the assistants to keep the same things Dwayne Casey had, but that doesn't matter. That's just a subjugate of Dwayne Casey. You fired Dwayne Casey himself, and then you traded the face of the franchise for what for and to go all for a in rental one, player yeah for a rental player and an old three-point uh, shooter and unless unless the culture changes there where they're just like hey we're not just gonna trade or ship everyone because the east is wide open and we're just gonna hit constantly hit the reset button and try new things and see what sticks unless there's a stable culture there in toronto uh, with that raptors organization Kawhi is leaving I don't. I am not hearing the same things about the Thunder, about the Raptors franchise, in the media and everything. The same way I heard about, the same way I heard about uh, Sam Presti and the Thunder organization. Right. I'm not hearing the same thing. If anything, I'm hearing the same questions like, "What the hell are the Thunder are are the Raptors doing?" You know, they were fine. They were completely fine. Well, that's the thing. You see, yeah. So now they get rid of DeRozan for this rental player, and I. The difference is, like, OKC, they seem to mesh with Paul George. They figured something out with him and Westbrook. I, like, even if they find something with Kawhi, like the Raptors, if they if they figured something out with him, I still don't think they're title contenders. So, so that makes me think that Kawhi's not going to want to stay because they're not close to a championship. Like, the only piece that they really have, they have, they have Kyle Lowry and they have... I guess they have Ibaka and uh, can't think of the other big dude's name. Uh, Valanciunas. Yeah, Valanciunas. Yeah. So, th- like, they have pieces, but they don't have championship pieces. And it's, and in this East, which people give people give the East a lot of crap, but I think Boston is the favorite to win the t- title this year. Um, Philadelphia is an up-and-coming team with two of the best players in the league. Milwaukee's got one of the best players in the league and a new coach. Um and what's the other team I'm forgetting? I mean, Toronto, obviously, with Kawhi Leonard this year. But I don't think, going forward after this season, I don't think they're a championship contender. So I don't think, I don't see Kawhi staying for that reason. I think he would want to go to an L.A. with LeBron to go win a championship. Or, you know, go join in Philadelphia. Something like go to Washington to play with John Wall, Bradley Beal. Something like that. I don't think Toronto has the pieces and the roster to... Uh, chase a title right now even with Kawhi Leonard um 
But yeah, as far as winners, um, I would definitely say that the Spurs win this. Um, be only because uh, Demar Derozan has a three year contract left, so they have Demar for three years, and then they can get you know he can learn the culture, he can play behind Pop, and he can resign eventually. He can be their future. Um, and he's going to be ticked off when he goes there, so you know he's going to play like a bat out of hell. Oh, absolutely. So, he's got something to prove now. Like exactly. he got he got traded, and like yeah, he got traded for the second best player in the league. But you know, I, I he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. So I think the Spurs definitely won, especially because the Raptors gave up their star player, an, a role player, and a pick for an old three point shooter who is not as good as he used to be. And yeah. for a rental player who's not going to resign with you, the, yeah, Spurs definitely won this trade. Uh, Loyalty is just a word in a dictionary, kids. It is just the word in a dictionary. There's no such thing as loyalty. It is dead. When it, loyalty in sports, no such thing. No such thing. I don't want to hear the loyalty argument from anyone ever again. Because if anyone tries, I'm pointing at this. I'm pointing when LeBron left. I'm pointing at XYZ. I'm pointing at Blake Griffin. Everything. Loyalty is dead kevin durant oh my <laughs> do, do you, you you want this podcast to be three hours long no i well okay <laughs> think about that think about what you're about to answer because it it's if you do you might not get a word in because let's, I'm let's put it this way my mind about kevin durant i wouldn't mind the podcast being three hours i just don't want to be here for three hours today <laughs> that is perfectly fine we'll, we'll find <laughs> we'll find a way to do a hybrid show with hawk talk and and this show and oh my god that, yes. that that'll be the 24-hour thing that i did two years ago and haven't done since because exhausting that's why that sounds completely exhausting so you bring up <laughs> you bring up this loyalty thing yeah and our next topic our next winners and losers is interesting because we have a player who is leaving his team for his hometown team. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so loyalty, a little bit of loyalty. Like, uh, uh, it's whatever. The so, situation's different here. So I Jabari Parker different. was a restricted free agent uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks this offseason. Everyone kind of figured he was going to Chicago. Chicago signed him to a two-year deal for $40 million. The second year, the, the big key in this deal is the second, second year, year is that team there's de- a team option so if the team thinks you know you know he's if if he gets hurt again if they think his knees aren't good if he's just not worth it they don't have to resign or they don't have to option him in next year so um so that's interesting but yeah he he gets to go play for his hometown team he's from Chicago he gets to play for the Bulls um but he left Milwaukee Milwaukee could have matched it but they didn't well it's funny because literally right before or right around the same time that the Bulls signed him, it, the word came out and then it was heavily reported on that Parker's representatives and the Bucks representatives met. They talked it out and the Bucks pulled uh, pulled the qualifying offer and everything like that. That's and, so, and so Parker became an unrestricted free agent, which completely, I mean – a thousand percent open the door for him to go to wherever he wanted, which pretty much it was destiny. He was going to go to Chicago, but yeah. yeah. So at the, when he signed with the bulls, Parker was technically an unrestricted free agent at that point in time. Right. Um, okay. That may, yeah. Um, so 
winners and losers. Who won? Who lost this? Uh, this everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody. Because and let me explain. Let me. I'm everybody going to everybody won st- or everybody lost. Everybody won. <laughs> yeah, I should. Yeah, I should have just. I just said everybody. Uh, let me explain. So the Bucks win because uh, Coach Budenholzer. We don't know if he had plans for Jabari Parker, but we do know that before they hired uh, hired him. Parker was only thrown into the starting lap during the playoffs because, one, public outcry, and two, nothing was working, and three, they shouldn't have benched him in the first place, and you saw and you saw what happened when he finally went on the court. They yeah. became much more competitive. Not that they weren't competitive. He looked like a good player after the injury. He, he did. He really did, and then he was banished for whatever reason. Right. So you can so you can tell that, and we might, ne- we might not ever know what Coach Budenholzer's plans were, but you can kind of tell that the Bucks, or not even so much that organization, but just that coaching staff, for the most part, the the clock was ticking. I mean, there was reports that the Bulls are going to probably trade for Parker and everything like that at the trade deadline, but you knew the clock was ticking, and the moment he just somehow banished from the rotation, that's when you knew. I yeah, think absolutely. I think the time was done, and I also think that it the Bucks might not ever say it because he's you know. He, I'll use the word loyal here. Huh. You know, he was ve- he was he was loyal to the Bucks despite the injuries. Well, and yeah. Everything. So, like at the beginning of very, his career, when he got yeah. drafted, he said, "You know, I want to play in Milwaukee. I want to be the dude here, and I want to try to bring a championship here." Unfortunately for him, a, a different guy who no one expected came up and became the guy. So then he became the focus of the. Obviously, I'm talking about Giannis. He became the focus of the franchise. Um, so then Jabari be, kind of became a second thought. So he was loyal until <laughs> he wasn't the guy anymore. True, but at the same time, the Bucks were touting Parker. They're touting Giannis. They're touting all these young guys. So it wasn't absolutely. Just, I mean, I mean, yeah. Anytime you think of the Bucks, who are you going to think of? The Greek Freak. Well, exactly. But, and who, but, as a front office dude, you look at the two. Who are you going to give more money to? The guy who right. hasn't gotten hurt and who has gotten better. Yeah, Giannis. exactly. But you look right. from a marketing standpoint and just. Even just the team in general, when you just look, when everyone's talking about just the entire team, not just the one thing you think about when you think of the team, they were all. What was what were the three words that you would always see? Own the future. Who were the who were the main two people that were on the taglines for that? Giannis and Jabari. Absolutely. I think it was just unfortunate that the injuries happened the way Jabari did, and then when he came back, came back, he played very hard. You know, he did so many great things for the community for the buck for the Milwaukee community, for the Bucks organization. And I think, like as I was saying, the Bucks might not ever admit it, despite all the great things and all the high praise they heaped on him, because, you know, I honestly do think there's no ill will in, in him leaving. I think Bucks fans really appreciate him. I think it's just a matter of one of those, oh, damn, if he didn't get hurt. He was still very effective even when he came back from being hurt. But if only he didn't get hurt again, if only he didn't get phased out, they might not ever admit it, but the knees did play a role in it. They weren't sure. They didn't want to give him the that knees money. are the only reason that Chicago signed him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, but at I this think... point, at this point, the or the Bulls are probably going to go try to sign like Big Cass. Um, you know, other there's so many people All that right. they could go. <laughs> All right, let's. Leave my so many ACL so injuries that they could go leave after. The, leave this okay. The different, all right, you know, I'll get Boogie Cousins. That. How come they didn't go get Boogie? <laughs> I don't because of the knee, but anyways, this is perfect. But Jabari came back from these knee injuries and played very well. In fact, I think that 
I think the thing that people might not talk about here is that he learned to play within. He learned that he wasn't going to be the Jabari before the first knee injury. Right. And then after the second knee injury, he was like, all right, now what do I do? He wasn't going to be the blue double that we saw. Right. But he was still going to be a very versatile and very effective player. Very explosive offensive player. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And you completely saw that when he was re-entered into the rotation. So I think the Bucks win because, I mean, you don't want to keep the guy hostage. And, I mean, you don't want to pay money to a guy that even you might really, really, really like him. But you still aren't sure, you know. And at the, and then, and then, and then on the on the flip side, the Bulls win because that two year contract for what two years forty mil is essentially essentially a one year twenty million dollar contract. If you know if it doesn't work out, you get the hometown kid coming back. He's going to be rejuvenated to get his career back to back on track to try to potentially be get back to the Jabari Parker that everyone thought was going to be the one of the most dominant players in the league. You know, he re, he enters the friend a very young core. He can slot right into the three spot, so you can still keep Wendell Carter and Junior in the lineup. You can still start Laurie Markinen. You need a you need a small forward, which Jabari, is a little interesting to me because Jabari's always played better at the four than the three. So I don't right. I don't know how that's going to play into you know, especially come the team option if he doesn't play as well as they. Th- I don't know. That that was always interesting to me, but I he kind of he be, has to play there. I think I think it was just a matter of a system. I think it was a system fit, and I think oh, with Hoiberg, yeah, that, that sy- could be, yeah. I think with Hoiberg's system where they spread it out with the exception of the five spot, you know, I think Jabari will be very effective, and it also helps that he can bang down low too. So it so it also helps. So I hmm. think he slots into a he slots into the starting lineup easily. You can still keep all the young all the young players, you know. Done. If you want to start him at the one and maybe put Levine at the two or vice versa or whatever the hell they decide to do at the guard position, I don't know what the Bulls are doing at the guard position anymore. <laughs> no one does, but no. it it works out well for everyone. It's a no risk thing for the Bulls. If any, at worst case scenario, it's a one year feel good story, you know. And if if Jabari gets his career back on track to a point where they want to pick up that option, great. If not, Jabari's back on the market. And you can go go to another team, and you know the Bucks. I think they they don't have to spend money on a player that they weren't sure about, even though they really liked him. So, yeah. you know, it's everyone wins. Everyone wins this one. I am person. I'm personally happy. I really wanted Jabari to come back, and you know, it's 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 a good time. So, me being the Bulls fan and the adopted Bucks fan, I like it. I like it. I like it all the way. Absolutely. Um. So, I'm going to. I'm going to say that the Bulls win this. Um, and here's – so, like, I completely agree with everything. I think the Bucks still do come out of this okay. They didn't overpay for him, which is which was my worry going into this. But uh, the Bulls obviously win because of the contract. The contract is the key here. They're only paying him $20 million over that first year and then another $20 million if they want to with that team option in the second year. I think it's perfect, very low risk, like you said. Um, so – Congrats! Congrats to the Bulls on that one. They they actually did that right. Um, you want to know who's you want to know who's a loser in this though? Who? The reporter uh, John Greenberg, who was actually one of my favorite reporters, who asked Jabari that damn question about Derrick Rose. But I'll actually save that for later. I'll actually <laughs> save that for later in the show because okay. I have a funny that because I have a funny feeling that could be used for one if not two segments. <laughs> because man, man, 
Okay. I, I don't. I don't know if you've. I don't know if you've learned this about me yet. But you say anyone says one negative thing about Derrick Rose, I'm going all the way off. So yikes. I'm a. I'm a. I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it because it's not. It's not All like right. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be a fire, fire breathing dragon, but I do have an explanation as to why Jabari and so many other people get offended when people, you know, want to talk bad about Derrick Rose. Well, well yeah, so. we'll come back to that. Um, the only reason I think that the Bucks lose in this situation is because of the fact. So, like all through last season, we did this through the middle of the NBA season last year on Hawk Talk. We did, you know, where we think people are going to end up. And everyone thought Jabari, even if we didn't think he was going to Chicago, we knew he was out of Milwaukee. I don't don't think anyone in the studio when we were talking about this, I don't think anyone said another option other than Chicago. Yeah, Chicago just makes the most sense. And I think everyone said Chicago. And then I think there's one person who said Chicago just because they had no idea what the hell was happening. Oh, yeah, it's Chicago because he's from Chicago. That's it, really. But, but yeah, every, everyone kind of – yeah, I, I think I, in complete agreement with you. Everyone knew that his time in Milwaukee was up. It was, so it was a foregone me, conclusion. To me, if I'm the Bucks and, like, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that you're not going to keep him and you're not going to put much stock into him into the, you know, the end of the season to even, you know, put him in the starting lineup, make him happy, make him maybe want to stay – maybe take more less money to stay in Milwaukee some they didn't put any effort into it i the reason i think that the bucks are losers in this situation and not and you know it's not a 50-50 like you said i think they lost because i think they could have trade traded jabari um either this season or last season and got something for it like they well they could have easily gotten something exactly, from him like at, he, the, at the deadline teams wanted him exactly and they they so they let him walk for nothing that's the only reason i think like they could have even if it's another role player and a pick it's it's something other than just letting him walk i that's the only reason i think but i do think like i said earlier i'm glad that they didn't overpay for him his knees are too much of an in, or a uh handicap for him right now they're too much of yeah. a problem um, and the Bucks don't necessarily need him right now. I think we got some good players, especially bringing back Urson and signing Brooke Lopez. I think we filled the hole pretty nicely. Um, but yeah, the Bulls win; they get a good safe pick or safe pickup. Um, and the Bucks, they could have traded them. They could have got something for it. Um, yeah. So they lost. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where they would probably be. I guess losers in this in this uh, scenario. But I think all in all. The grand scheme of things, I think everyone's happy here. I think that's the best part. I think in comparison to the when it came to the Spurs and Raptors trade, you know, that's a one, that's a trade, and two, you know, I think there's just so many different question marks and things with that. Whereas this one, it was kind of just like, you know what? Yeah, everyone's everyone's good. Everyone's good. You know, there's nothing. There's no question right. marks here. It's right. completely. It's a low risk deal. On one end and on the other side, you know, you for the most part that core is still intact, and you still have the guy in the form of Giannis and Adikumpo. So, absolutely, it, I think this. I think of all the better deals that have happened in transactions, I think this was probably one of the best, and it'll be one of the best ones no one will really talk about. <laughs> absolutely. I think. Um, until he starts to play good for, I'm still exactly. a Jabari fan. Like I was a Jabari fan, obviously in Duke. I'm a big Duke guy. I love anyone that comes out of Duke. So I was a big fan of him. Then we picked him up. I'll still cheer for the guy. I don't want him to do bad. But now he's in Chicago, so now it's. Uh... <laughs> 
we're not a threat to you. That's I don't, true. I don't, I'm, I'm going to straight point. up say that right now. Like everyone's like, everyone's like, how come you're how come you're a bulls fan and you don't know and you don't wear anything? And, um, then I'm just like, first of all, because if I do wear something, then I'm going to be like, oh, the bulls suck, boxing suit. <laughs> and then number two, why do you care about the bulls, guys? We are not a threat, They're even not, in yeah. in Eastern Conference, where you can where my intramural team could probably somehow <laughs> be a nine seed. We are not. <laughs> A threat. We oh, are yeah. literally the textbook definition of rebuilding. Hoiberg tried to sit half the team in the last three weeks of the season. If that doesn't write, if that doesn't scream rebuilding, I don't know what does. But you guys tried to. Ta- you guys even failed at tanking. I know we did. It was bad. We because we were good at one point. Yeah. After <laughs> oh. one of your players punched another player, you were randomly good for some reason. I. Hey, man. I don't know. I don't whatever i don't care (laughs) we'll talk about that more when the nba season actually starts to get underway so we're gonna stick with so this one's gonna be kind of a joint segment piece we're gonna start we'll wrap up winners and losers with this topic and then we'll also get into uh the second segment which is gonna be mad about it um so manny machado we all knew he was on the move we all knew he he was out of baltimore manny machado got traded from the Baltimore Orioles to the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers for five players from the Dodgers to Baltimore. Um, yeah, so let me see if I can. I can't even find the actual trade details. I thought I had it earlier, and I don't have it now. Um, but yeah, five players. Nope, I can't find it. Oh well, don't really care. Actually, gonna, I think I'm, I might have found I'm it. Gonna... I'm going to try to uh, pull it off of my phone or, or right quick, actually. I think I found it. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, yep. Okay. So, outfielder Yuncel Diaz. Come on. Their top One of their top prospects yep. that should be added, yeah. Top prospect. Right-hander Dean Kramer. Third baseman Ryland Bannon. Righty Zach Pop. And third baseman Bra- Bravik Valera. Bravik Valera. I kind of like that name. It looks cool. The way it's spelled. Very. Anyway. Manny Machado to the Dodgers. Holy crap. Um, yeah, Connor, winners and losers of this of this deal, real quick. Winners, the LA Dodgers. Absolutely. A- LA Win- as a city. <laughs> right. Losers, the entire National League. <sighs> so sad. Because the Dodgers just got on a hot streak, too. They right, started off like, the season. I think they their first they were last. their first forty two games they were sixteen and twenty six, and then their last couple have been like or the, and then the second half of the first season was like thirty seven and ten or something like something ridiculous like that. Like they got on a hot streak. So you like you mean to tell me that this team that for the most part has gone relatively unchanged and this team that made it to the World Series or World Series finalists mm-hmm. they just added arguably the best he's shortstop slash third baseman in the game you I mean he just he decided to switch back to his natural position this year one of the best two-way Which, players exactly hands down one of the best two-way players in the league you mean to tell me that you that you add him to that team already and they're already on a hot streak yep wow i feel so bad um yeah for the rest of the national league because now the brewers are probably going to lose to them in the nlcs yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, 
whoever's playing the net the dodgers in the nocs goodbye it's just so sad you know i don't know i'm just very happy that because there was a bunch of cubs fans that wanted him and they were like really wanting him and then i'm i'm cool with a couple cubs fans. oh we gotta go we gotta get him i was like even at the expense of xyz yeah we gotta give him as Manny machado i was like well, I was like, you guys are more, you guys are dumber than I thought yeah, you were. Yeah, see, that's how but... I, so as a Brewer fan, the package that was proposed for the Brewers to get Machado was our top closing prospect, our top pitching prospect. Um, I'm trying to think of who the third, the second guy was. And then Orlando Arcia, who is kind of our work in progress right now at shortstop. I really like, I'm a big fan. And I'm looking Great at this, and I'm and like, I'm I'm looking at this, I'm like, I don't, I, I don't want to give up, especially Machado, who wouldn't resign in Milwaukee, and I don't, he might not sign in Chicago either. I probably not. I he might not even sign in L.A. He, I think, I think he might. He might. I think he might. It's it's a bigger chance than Milwaukee or Chicago, but he he made it pretty clear that he might want to go to New York. So we'll see. The Dodgers will probably pay him close to the same as. New York. So there's a, there's a better chance of him staying in L.A. than he would have in Milwaukee. So I'm looking at this, and I'm like, I don't want him. <laughs> like, I don't want a, this rental player for all of our prospects that we, you know, because we still have a bright future. We don't need to necessarily win right now. Like, we have a good team, and I would like to win right now. But our two top players, Kane and Yelich, we have for the next five years. So, like, and Hayter's young. We probably have him for a while. He's definitely under arbitration. We definitely have him for a while. I don't think that giving up that many young prospects, as far as the Brewers and even the Cubs go, would have been worth it for Manny Machado. No, no, it wouldn't have. No. And I think the, I guess if we want to, if I'm gonna look at it again from a Cubs perspective here, I and I should also like to point out to everyone who's listening to this. Uh, if this is if this is your first time hearing me on the show, let me make one thing crystal damn clear. I, Connor Jordan Dougald Moore, am not a Cubs fan. I am not. I enjoy a good amount of their players. They are a good baseball team to watch sometimes. I when respect I respect them, yes. Yeah, I respect them a lot. They always seem to get my favorite players. But I am not <laughs> under any circumstances. Oh, and another thing is I was kind of rooting for them to win the World Series be- that one year because I got to see both both Chicago teams win one in my lifetime. But outside of that... I was cheering for them the year before they won. <laughs> that makes... All right, fair. They, fair. Won, they won a year late for me. I was mad. <laughs> <laughs> All that said, I am not a Cubs fan. I am analyzing this from a person who has a boatload of Cubs fans and who just loves baseball, but the Manny Machado deal did would not have made sense. No. Because you would have gutted all those prospects yeah. for a top flight star. And I'm looking at this and I was and I'm thinking, okay, do you gut your do you gut a farm system that is pretty renowned and you know they're you know they're starting to it's I don't want to say it's falling apart. It's still strong, but it's obviously not as strong as when, you know, the big hitters who are now on, who are now on the roster, on on, uh, on the major league roster, you're gonna get all these all these guys, or trade so many top prospects for a guy who's most likely going to New York and or or not and or he's either going to New York or L.A. or 
or you gotta go folk and they don't and the thing is they don't even need him it wasn't even a need for Machado. title it's just kind of just like oh yeah we have another high profile player would you rather gut prospects for that or would you maybe try to trade mid-level prospects for the needs that you do have pitching pitching keep your top prospects and chase after another high-profile superstar who will be a free agent and talk about worst-kept secrets. It is the worst-kept secret in baseball that the Cubs badly want a certain Bryce Harper. So why would you get rid of all, get rid, not all, but get rid of a good amount of your top prospects for a player that you know damn well isn't going to resign when for a player that's not even one of your needs where you can trade some other eh prospects address your needs, wait till free agency, and then throw all the money at in the book for Bryce Harper and then keep your prospects. And if you don't get a Bryce Harper or a top or a top guy, you still have your prospects and you're still hella competitive in an NL Central that you're gonna need to be very competitive in because the Cardinals are probably going to get better with Matheny gone. The Brewers always the, or the Cardinals always get hot in the second half of the season. Right. So they're the gonna be Brewers. a problem. The, the Brewers, Brewers rebuild is well ahead of schedule. They're for real now. Yeah. And the Pirates, well, I, I, they're, they're better off than the Reds. It's a funny joke. Yeah. <laughs> the Pirates might get good in the next three, four years, they or at could. least slightly yeah. competitive. The Reds are there. They're just there. I'm sorry, but they're just there. I don't. They don't. I don't. They don't count. They're, they don't count. The Reds don't but, have any pitching. They don't. Yeah. So I think it was more imperative for the Cubs to go after pitching than a high-profile name. Absolutely. Get, get a pitcher, chase your high-profile name in the offseason because everyone knows you'll want Harper. Go after him. Yeah. I I 100% completely agree. And even go after Machado. Like, yeah. why not? Like, why not? Um. So real quick to wrap up winners and losers, you you already said you got the, you got the Dodgers winning. I also and do it. Baltimore, I would Baltimore loses, but it's like a moral victory because they offload his contract. They get prospects. So, like, as far as looking at it from a rebuild perspective, they definitely are better. Are going to be better off because they weren't going to keep Machado. So, like I was saying with the Jabari thing, they got rid of him instead of just letting him walk for nothing. So, yeah, I mean, looking they got at it that prospect. way, you know, they got the prospects, right? And they're not competitive, so why keep them? But that's so, my so that's yes. my big thing. So, winners and losers, done. Our next segment, and we're gonna keep on this Machado a topic for this next segment. And this next segment, hashtag mad about it because I am just <laughs> so upset with about? the way that the MLB salary cap works. Holy crap! And I always and I. I, I probably sound like such a hypocrite because I cheer for the Yankees. <laughs> What's a salary cap? I don't know. I'm a Yankee fan. Literally, oh, no. There, there is no salary cap. There's literally baseball, no salary so. cap in baseball. I, no I looked this up cap. to confirm yeah. it. There is There is no. Yeah, that's everyone else. MLB no does not have a set salary cap. The luxury tax charges teams with high payrolls a considerable amount of money, giving teams an ample reason to want to keep their payrolls below that level. But... When you're a team with a big market and a certain TV network that's exclusive to your baseball team, you don't. If you have those big markets, you can afford to pay the luxury taxes. A team like Milwaukee, a team like Baltimore, cannot 
pay those luxury taxes. We have to stay under that la- that luxury tax uh, cap. So I I hate it. I absolutely hate it because this is why the Yankees have been so good for so like it's hard. It's really hard to be like I cheer for the Yankees only because they are such a storied franchise. I like their uniforms, you know, blah blah blah. I like the logo. They're just they're fun to watch. But as a Milwaukee Brewer, as a strictly Milwaukee Brewer fan, it's so frustrating to look at the, them, to look at the Dodgers, to look at teams like that who just have so much money because they're in big markets and bigger cities that they can just go sign. Like the Dodgers have a good chance at sign at re-signing Manny Machado because they can pay him an ass load of money for him to stay there. Baltimore wouldn't have been able to match that. So they have to let him go to try to get different prospects. The teams like Baltimore and Milwaukee have to, you know, hope that you get a good player who's going to be good while you still have him <laughs> and hope that you have a decent enough team around him while you still have that rest of the team until they all walk and go get more money somewhere. It It's just so frustrating. I'm so mad about it that the Dodgers, they just keep buying new – like the Dodgers can afford to give up these prospects because they can just go buy new players. <laughs> the, Do- the Yankees, the Yankees did it too. To get uh, Giancarlo, they can just give up these prospects because they can just buy new prospects or they can buy new young players or prime players. They can just pay them more than the other teams can. The Brewers had to take a huge risk in trading for uh, Christian Yelich. We gave up our top prospect in Lewis Brinson and two, three other dudes who could be good in the future. We had to take a huge risk just to get this one dude, and we can't go buy people to replace them because we don't have enough money to cover that luxury tax. I'm just so mad. I hate I hate the system. I really do. It it just makes no sense to me. I agree. I think the one thing that I think people who share your opinion should take solace in is that just because people these teams shell out the big bucks doesn't always mean they're super competitive. I mean, yeah, LA made the World Series and but they didn't win the yankees are the yankees they will have money until the end of time they haven't done really anything since they won the world series in 09 that's because they lost all their players that they paid for now they have to go pay they're trying to build a new team right i mean you pay all these players but it doesn't always work and now i know what and i and i know what you mean i mean it sucks that because you're, some teams always have to feel like they're automatically ruled out and everything, and that's why there's no such thing as parody and woo woo woo. There's, I don't. There's a there's a debate that was tried to be started with me about parody and all this stuff and people going to teams on my Facebook page, and I got annoyed because I'm. It was it was annoying, and I'm on summer break trying to play FIFA and not. <laughs> and, and not talk about oh well it's well it's bad for this because the same two teams all right then tell your team to get good it ain't it ain't their fault it, absolutely it, it, uh, like that that's Steph that's Curry much... said it best beat us <laughs> exactly like that can't the one be mad at the was... Warriors for being a good team you gotta right. be mad at your team for not being as good right but at the same time I see why people think why in baseball especially in the ter- and when it comes to baseball you know that top players you know they're always gonna want to go to the Yankees and everything like that. However, I don't think I think it's a I think the people we can take solace in the fact that 
it would be different if the Yankees were like, oh, it's just perpetually competitive. They're just always winning. You know, the Yankees, yeah, they have the 27 championships and all of that stuff. And Boston has the alert. But they're competitive, but they haven't really done much. The Dodgers are just now finally getting back to the Dodgers that we know. And I think the fact that these smaller teams, well, I don't want to say small, smaller teams, but as far as like media size, payroll size for sure, uh, these smaller teams, we're starting to see a lot of them being competitive. I mean, I, I'm very curious to know what Tampa Bay's payroll was when they, when they made the World Series and when they lost to Philly. Because that's not a high, that's not a big market team. Absolutely not. You know, I'm very yeah. curious to know what the Colorado Rockies payroll was when they made the World Series about 11 years ago. Because that's not a big market team. No. I'm, you know, um, the White Sox. Yeah, we have a, we're in a big market because it's Chicago. But we don't have the same, we don't have Cubs money. Exactly. Much, you don't have the same. I can, Revenue. I can guarantee you. Yeah, yeah. Like we have money. Don't get me wrong. Like I think one of the it was something that even I didn't know until my dad and I were talking about it at one time. The White Sox like to act like we don't they don't have money, but they got some money. <laughs> they just won't go spending until they know until they know exactly what they're doing, what type of team right. they are. Right. So the Sox have money and, you know, they have more they have more than a than a Milwaukee. They have more than a Colorado. They have more than a Tampa Bay. Well, we don't got that Cubs money. Let me tell you that right now. The yeah. Cubs just rake in revenue. That's just like they're the um, the Cowboys are America's team in football. The Cubs are America's team in in baseball. I would say because you can always catch a Cubs game everywhere. Oh, WGN well, is nationwide. Well, you could also, uh, yeah, and you could say the same about the Yankees. Just because the you, Yes Network, you can you can basically get that anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you might you you can yeah, yeah, but I mean, you essentially have to pay right, uh, for, for which the is yes where Network, they get all their WG, money from. Whereas WGN, it's just straight up there. Right. I mean, that's well, Cup, that's, that's what I'm saying, though. Because the Yes Network, like, it's a paid, basically, thing. Like, it's almost a pay-per-view type of thing. Where right. You pay, you get the Yes Network, and then they get all that revenue, and they're exclusive for the Yankees, so then they are able to give the Yankees money to go build a better team. I, right. I think, I do, do I think baseball needs a salary cap? I don't know. I, I don't know if they need to do anything financially-wise. I do, personally. Um, at the, and I just think that, my think I think my opinion would be so different if we were just always seeing high profile teams, you know, in you know, you know these big market teams in the in the World Series winning. San Francisco, I would say, is a medium market, medium yep. to, yep. Like I don't want to say they're a big market, but they're about I would say medium sized market. St. Louis is about the same one, a little bit bigger than than San Francisco, and they were a dynasty for mm-hmm. a while. But the then Texas you rank, see. But then you see a lot of Chicago, you see Boston, yep. you see yep. New York, yep. Philadelphia. I might even yep. put up there. Uh, kinda. I they're would, I they're I, lower, but they're they're up, a, they're up there. You yeah, know? I think yeah. I would still consider them a, like in the like in the medium tier yeah. as far as. I mean, obviously, I don't. If someone just gave me a list right now and I could look at payroll, then I'd be able to tell you exact. Then I then I'd be literally be able right. to tell We're you exactly. Guessing on all this, right? Like. Where would they stand as far as low tier, medium tier, and high tier? If I were to tier them off, you know, but I still I think the fact that we haven't seen a flat out full fledged dominance of these bigger market teams in a while, in a in a while, right, leads me to think that, or just leads me to believe that okay, I can see where everyone's talking about and why all these teams, 
why it might seem frustrating why they lose their stars to these play to these teams and everything like that. But some of these stars stay, and you know it's it's and it's also a little bit different. It's different in the NF. It's different in MLB than it is in the NFL and NBA. They don't have arbitration, you know. They don't have all these other different things where you basically have control of a player for quite a bit. So and it, and it just also it just seems that you everyone loses their big players because the moment they finally hit that free agency market, it's like yeah I'm free I want all the money for real though hello New York yeah um, that's how but, it feels and exactly but I think the fact that we haven't seen a big dominance of those teams leads me to keep the opinion that you know for the time being for the absolute time being. Baseball is fine in the financial department because, sure, these teams are trying to construct all these super teams, but baseball owners also don't want to go into that luxury tax. It's the Steinbrenners, even though I know they'll do it, they don't really want to. No team wants, wants to, to, but my point is that more teams can go into it. More like, teams can, yeah. yeah. Like the Yankees yeah. and Dodgers don't look at the la- the luxury tax as seriously as the Minnesota Twins or the exactly. Miami Marlins. Right. But I but the thing is that the fact that these lower team most of these mid to low payroll tier teams are still very competitive and taking it to these high to these high payroll teams, I think that leads me to believe that baseball's fine. And still some some stars will go to these lower tier teams. I mean, I didn't I didn't think that the, the Brewers would engage in a trade for Christian Yelich, right. I on, I honestly thought Lorenzo Cain was going to go the the baseball equivalent of ring chasing, even though he's still very young. But he could have easily gone to a higher to a better team or to another team. He I don't want to say a better team, team, but, but he could have gone to another yeah. team and really padded that bank account. But he went back to the team that drafted him because he saw a good thing happening, and yeah. now he's a now he could be a part of something huge. Absolutely. So so it's different. The dynamics are different. Than it is in the NBA, where it's like, oh, you got a high-profile player, super team, let's go. You know, baseball, sure, you have that, but you also see players going to teams because they see something. You know, they see like, oh, I can be, I can be a part of this. It's not all about donning the pinstripes for me. I want to be competitive, and I think there are more competitive teams than there are higher payroll teams in baseball, and that's and that's why I think it's a lot more fun. To watch baseball because even these mid-market teams are still relatively competitive because i guarantee you if i were to go around and if I, when i go back to whitewater and poll and poll people it's like hey milwaukee you know they don't have the payroll as the cubs did you expect them to be this competitive no 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 mm-hmm. i guarantee you i get a whole lot of no's yeah and that's that's the beauty of it you have these mid to low payroll teams that are taking it to these high payroll teams the ones that are supposed to have these crazy you know like bottomless bank accounts and sign all the top players. Houston, I know everything bigger in Texas, but their payroll, I guarantee, was still significantly less than Boston and New York and L.A. And they won the damn World Series because they built from within. They built from within. I think it's just a very different thing in baseball because you have teams. Some teams have the ability to build from within, and they do very, very well. Yeah, I also think that some of that is because they almost have to, but still, that's besides the point here. So I think it's different. I mean, I'm sure Commissioner Manfred might look at the salary cap uh, or the no salary cap situation and might try to implement something. But I think for the time being, baseball is fine 
because we have so many mid mid market teams still competitive. Now, if, now if the playoffs just become the Yankees, LA, Boston, and all these high market teams just running running roughshod over everyone in the next four or five years, then I'll be like, okay, we need to have a serious conversation. Yes. But as long as it's just like you know, like a mid, like a like a top market team is in the World Series like once every one or two years, and you have a and you have an a mid to average market team also competitive in, in winning ch- titles or in ch- championship contention, I think we're fine. I think baseball is fine at where where it is right now. But that's not to say I don't see your point because I a hundred and twenty percent do. I'm just saying from the perspective of a guy who's just watching the product on the field as well taking into account all the big name players it's parody there is parody in baseball right now that's what i think it would be different if there was like zero parody there's enough parody for me to be like this is fine we don't need to address it right away it should be talked about but we don't need to you know go into the winter meetings and say we need a salary cap quite yet you know now, if something yeah. changes in the next two, three years, then I'm like, okay, yeah, we need to do something. Well, yeah, now. honestly, if the Dodgers and the Yankees keep on with what they're doing, then, yeah, then it might Agreed. be something yeah. to look at. That's when, I, that's when I'll be like, okay, we need to stop. Sure, an average market team's winning, but it's only a matter of time. Uh-huh. So, yeah, but I, but I think we're, I think it's okay for now. For now, it is, in my opinion, at least, it is okay for now. All right. Um, so last segment of the day, one last thing. So my one last thing <clears throat> for today is uh, sticking with baseball. We're looking at the Brewers. The Brewers um, lost out on the, I wouldn't say necessarily lost out, but they did not get Manny Machado. Um, but they are still looking to upgrade the team. Specifically, they are looking to upgrade um, the middle infield um, offensively, mostly, and pitching. And apparently, according to Ken Rosenthal, the Brewers are expected to target uh, twin second baseman Brian Dozier. Um, he is their target dude. And personally, I think this would be great. It'd be the same thing as last year. We went and signed someone. <laughs> we traded for – he was the second baseman for the Mets. And I want to say his last name was like Walker. Now I can't think of it. Oh, well. But anyway, yeah, we did kind of the same thing last year. We go get uh, a quality veteran uh, for the middle infield because the middle infield is where our offense very is lackluster. Jonathan VR is on an up year, but he's still only batting about a 250. Obviously, Arcia is only batting about a 189, and he's not even on the team. And he's, he's in AAA because he's not batting good. Um, Nate Orff and Tyler Saladino are decent. Uh, but they're not good enough defensively to be everyday starters. Um, so the Brewers are looking for a good, a decent two-way player and a veteran. I like that move. Uh, so like, yeah. So like I said, like I, I would really like them to go after Brian Dozier, but I still think the Brewers need to focus more on pitching because I think with Yelich, Kane, Aguilar, you know, Braun, Shaw, I think the offense is going to be okay. Without, uh, you know, one Brian Dozier or anyone else, I think they'd be okay. But I th- I think the pitching needs to be upgraded. I think that's more of a priority than the offense in the middle infield. I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that, Connor. Yeah, I mean, it's not that I don't have anything really to add. 
it's just the fact that, and contrary to popular belief, despite everyone who might have me on Snapchat and everything, and 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 are always just like, he's at another Brewers game. Because <laughs> yes, I've been to more Brewers games in the last three years than I have White Sox games. I think I've been to like six Brewers games in three years, and I think I've been to two White Sox games. Nice. No, one. I think. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know. I've been, I've been, I've been to significantly more Brewers games than I have White Sox games in the last two, three years. That's all I know. So it's not the, it's not the fact that I have nothing really to add on it. It's just the fact that even though I love to watch the Brewers, you know, they're an, again an adopted team of mine. You know, I like watching them. I, ha- I always have an American and National League team, and the Brewers are my National League team. Everyone knows who my American League team is. Hmm. I'm just, I don't have that much of a inner of a of a knowledge about the full farm system and and things like that about the Brewers yet, yet. I also think of a lot of that's because it's also a little bit harder for me to keep track of the Brewers when I'm not in Wisconsin. That's fair. You know, and I don't, and I don't pay for MO for, uh, for that MOB pass anymore. So it's, if I, if I still did, and I know there are other ways for me to watch it, but you know, there's other things calling my attention here Hmm. and, and everything like that. So I still get the alerts and everything on my phone, but it would be different if I was, you know, still up in whitewater for the summer and I was able to watch more intently Brewers games and, be, and I can point out and be like, they need this, 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 this. The only thing that I will say about the Brewers that I can 100% say with with not pulling it out my ass, I, if I've learned anything about this show, especially from the show with uh, Zach and Tom, apparently apparently swearing's chill. So I, I yes. If, if Zach could drop an F bomb, I can say ass. So, um, <laughs> um, the one thing that I will say is that I just really, really, really want to see what this team does when they're fully healthy and all hands are on deck. Well, uh, I yeah. just, yeah. I just really want to see that because they're so, cause they, they're so good. They have the potential to be so good and they're competitive when people are hurt. Mm-hmm. And then when people are, and then when everyone's together, they have flashes of being competitive, but then somebody else gets hurt. I just want to see a long stretch where everyone's fine. They potentially address their needs in the deadline. And then it's full speed ahead. Let's get into the playoffs. I want to see that because I feel like this team could do some serious damage. Yeah. Some serious damage. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right, Connor, one last thing for today. Oh, boy. (laughs) I thought about this one uh, for a while. And... I just got one thing to say. Uh, well, I got one thing to say, and I have an explanation as to think why the many people might share my opinion on this. But uh, to people who give me a hard time about this at school, and to people who give me a hard time about this back in Illinois, including some people on my Facebook page and my Twitter page and everything like that, who were just like, why are you always... You know, why do you why do you like him so much? I just have a message for everyone in, in regards to the Jabari Parker press conference and the comparisons to a certain Derrick Rose. When will we learn to put some goddamn respect on the youngest MVP in the league? Like I am getting sick and tired of this man. Like, okay. All right. Sounds like you're state, hashtag mad about it. I'm a <laughs> I'm a lot of things about this, but it is, but this, this is my, this will be my, my last thing. Cause I feel like I have to get it out, you know, but 
Well, what I'm gonna I'm gonna start there is saying put some goddamn respect on Derrick Rose's name. Number two, this is why I think a lot of people in Chicago gravitate towards Derrick Rose and will forever be Derrick Rose fans, right? For most people, and I mean, let's, let's start with the big thing, which is he's from Chicago. He's a homegrown kid, right? You know. Let's also talk about the fact that he's from Englewood, the south side of Chicago. I don't feel like I need to even 2%, even 5% explain the south side of Chicago to people. I don't think I need to spend any time on that. I think people understand that situation. Exactly. I think people understand that it is hard to get out of there. You know, people try, you know, some people just stay there because it's, I don't know if it's a matter of just it's all they know or bad luck, but you have a guy who was blessed with the gift of playing basketball, who leads his team to a state championship, almost wins a national championship. You know, he has all he he, he has a, I think what two three other brothers. He's living with his mom. You know, they're all trying to make ends meet, and he made it out. And not only did he make it out. He was the number one pick in the draft to his hometown team. And what did he do when he gets here? Rookie of the year, youngest MVP, almost had the Bulls in the NBA Finals. And yes, I know what everyone's going to look at, and they're going to be like, oh, okay, the knee injuries, and then the way he handled the knee injuries and all the things that he said. Yes, it is frustrating. As a Bulls fan and as a Derrick Rose fan, that was frustrating as hell. Because all I wanted to see Derrick Rose do was get back on that damn basketball court. But when I take away my own selfish desires about me just wanting to see Derrick Rose play, you know, a multi-time all-star and all that stuff, this is a guy who is in a position who came from nothing, nothing, and he's trying to put himself in position to not go bankrupt like we see all these top stars do and then they just lose all their damn money, you know? He's trying to do everything possible to have a life outside of basketball, to have a sustainable, to have a good life outside of basketball with his wife, with his kid, PJ, you know? He, and he But it's not that he never wanted to not play. I think he was thinking of the long-term effects. It was thinking about the long-term effects. And he has the Adidas deal, which is insane. The money in that is insane. You know, he's still, he's still when he when he's playing, he's still effective because he's finally learned to play within himself. That was the biggest thing I think people were a little bit frustrated about Derrick Rose mm-hmm. is because he kept on going wanting to play like the Derrick Rose of old, and it wasn't until you know he got traded, then cut, then signed to Minnesota where he's like, all right, you know what, I'm gonna play within myself. It also helped that he had a coach who knows him very well that probably told him was like, hey. Let me Thibodeau probably at some point sat down in Minnesota and was like, hey, let me tell you this because I saw you at your best and I'm seeing you at your quote-unquote worst. You are not the old Derrick Rose. Right. You need to evolve. You need to evolve. And that's what I think Derrick Rose was starting to do with Minnesota. That's why he was so effective in, when coming off of the bench because Derrick Rose evolved. Sean Livingston evolved. He is now a multi-time champion, you know? Grant Hill had to evolve. He is still one of the best to play the game. It's just a matter of what could have been Tracy McGrady had to evolve. He is a hall of famer. So 
the thing that I will not get about the whole Derrick Rose thing is that people are so quick to talk about, to talk about all the knee injuries and all this stuff and blah, 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 and he handled it wrong and everything like that. When I think people need to look at where this man came from, the stuff he had to go through, and the things that he's probably thinking about long-term because he wants his kid, PJ, to have a better life than he did growing up, and, he, and Derek has the ability to provide PJ Rose with this, I think once you get people who are who finally take a step back and look at it, then maybe, maybe we can they can start to understand why, why Derrick Rose is the way he is. And the thing that kind of broke my heart about the whole Derrick Rose thing was because somebody b- b- bumped into him in L.A., right? And he took a picture of him. He was like, oh, my God, dude, you're the man. And Derrick Rose was like, nah, man, not anymore. And as a Derrick Rose fan, that killed me. I was like, oh, no. I was like, oh, Derrick, no. But I think the fact that, in a way, it's kind of good that he realizes that he's not the Derrick. He, he said that because he realizes he is not the Derrick Rose of old. And I think that's what pissed people off back then. Because he, you know, he wanted to set out and everything. And then when he did come back, he always got hurt again. Why? Because he tried to be youngest MVP Derrick Rose. We're never going to see that Derrick Rose. I'm never going to see that Derrick Rose. You're never going to see that Derrick Rose. Derrick's never going to see that Derrick Rose. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think the reason why people are so are are so gravitating towards Derrick Rose is because he stands for something that is big. You know, my I think my the phrase that I've probably used a whole lot since Hawk Talk and up to now is the phrase bigger than basketball. Derrick Rose represents something that's bigger than basketball. He rep and Boma- and I was watching a Get Up uh, that show with Bomani Jones and Pablo Torre. Yeah. Uh, Torre. I love that show, by the way. And Bomani Jones was talking about it perfectly. And he and he said the exact same thing that I that I have always thought about Derrick Rose. The the dude got out. Some people may ne- never get the chance to get out, Absolutely. whether they just stay, whether they just stay there, or unfortunately something happens where where a life is lost. Derrick Rose got out and was successful. And granted, he's not as successful as he once was. He is still successful. Why? He's still on the. He's still playing in the NBA. He is still effective. He still has that shoe deal. People still buy Derrick Rose shoes because they love that man. I will probably still. I every Derrick Rose shoe that came out. I think well, not everyone, but there was there was like a three year stretch where I bought the new Derrick Rose shoe. Easily, easily. When he didn't play, still bought the D Rose shoe. He stands for something that is bigger than basketball. He stands for hope for people who either come from lower end areas, not only just in Chicago, but the United States. And he, and he also stands for something where it's just like, he's blessed with the gift of basketball, but he didn't blow it. He, he wasn't a moron. He wasn't an idiot. He didn't do stupid stuff outside of the basketball court to cost him his career. It was just injuries. It was simply just injuries and maybe a little bit of stubbornness and arrogance as well. But the man is doing everything right in his part to make sure that he still has a, at least he closes out this next chapter of his NBA career because he's under 30 years old. He's closing out his NBA career in the best note that he possibly can because he has to evolve. And at the same time, he's putting on for for his family. He's put he, both like his, you know, his, his mom, his brothers. He's, he's trying to do what's best for PJ Rose, his little kid, which is the most adorable kid, honestly. He's like... I think NBA kids are the most adorable kids. You know, oh, the, the Curry family, Lowry's Curry kid, Chris, Chris Paul's kid, PJ Rose. Oh, my goodness. The LeBron family. Um, 
So I think the reason why people gravitate so much to him, and I think the reason why Derek, why Jabari Parker said that Derek is an icon, is because he is. To Chicago basketball, he is. Just to I Chicago, yeah. Just to Chicago, right? Because I don't know any big NBA players that who, who did big things coming from Chicago. Kevin Garnett was technically lived in Chicago, but he ain't from here, right? You know, there are some other ones who have been from here, but they weren't stars. Yeah. They had lo- they had longer careers in, in the NBA and everything like that, and it kind of flew under the radar. Right, but and when like, you, like but, Jordan, like the first thing you might think of is like Michael Jordan, but he's exactly. not from there. Like he only exactly. he only happened to get drafted there. Exactly. Yeah. So when you think of a household name who is wholeheartedly from the city of Chicago, to many of us, especially to our generation, and maybe there's somebody else who, who might who may, might have played in the NBA in yesteryear who I don't know about, but then again, you don't hear about him much if there is one. You know, people are so quick to quick to play the nostalgia card with Jordan and uh, everybody else back in the day. If there was a Chicago icon back in a Chicago basketball icon back in the day, you sure as hell don't hear about him. So that's probably why I don't know. They're probably I don't know him. But when you think about it right now, who do you think about right right now? Derrick Rose, for better or for worse. What are icons? You think about them mostly for better, sometimes for worse. But you think about it when something when when you think about a certain thing. Derrick Rose for the longest time was Chicago basketball. Not as far as just the Chicago, not as far as like the face of the Bulls franchise. He was the face of the city of Chicago. That's why he means so much. That's why I think people love him so much. That's why I still love him so much. Actually, being from the city of Chicago, granted, I didn't have the same hardships as Derrick Rose. I lived on the north side of Chicago. I didn't live in a low end area. My, I've, I would live in a sustained in a, in a sustained household. You know, I was able to get most, if not all, the things that I could ever want. You know. Yeah. But still, to say to be from the city of Chicago and be like that man right there, right there, represents the city that I love. That's why people love Derrick Rose, mm-hmm. and that's why I don't get why people want to tear the man down, and they're from Chicago. And I can I can kind of get why with some of the stuff that he does, with that he did. But at the end of the day, there is no mistake. And I am in 100% agreement with Jabari Parker. Derrick Rose, now, then, and forever, will be a Chicago basketball icon. Case closed. I will fight anybody on that. Yeah, and deservedly. Like, like it, the biggest thing that you were saying, like, it, it's, it's bigger than basketball. It's, it's hope for people who, and not just in Chicago, in any bigger city where the conditions might be rough and the living the living situations might seem like it you know like it's hopeless at times he's a beacon of hope for people to look at him and say he got out of that situation and became incredibly successful through sheer hard work and and just being able to look at that will help a lot of people i think it you know i think his share his story needs to be shared more because until it wasn't until about you know within the last year that I even knew about all of this, so I I think it like you said it's just bigger than basketball. So. Yeah, I think I, it's definitely a big thing that's like uh, bigger than basketball. I think, I mean, granted, there's always going to be people that have their opinions on. I mean, these are the same people that think, oh, LeBron can't do this, LeBron can't do that, and you know, and but he's the best player in the game. Guys. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> right, <laughs> he can exactly. do everything. But I think people. Uh, like I saw something posted about Derrick Rose or about the Jabbar thing, and then somebody posted like a meme about uh, like the statue of Jordan, and then it was a statue of Derrick Rose sitting on the bench. I'm like, come on, 
I was like, I was like, that's the one thing you're going to remember about Derrick Rose, him riding the pine. Yikes. When we're not going to remember the fact that he almost led a, led us over that Miami super team. Yeah. We are not going to talk about the youngest MVP of the, in the league. Yeah. We are not going to talk about all the other things. We're just going to talk about that. All right, cool. Shows how we are as Bulls. Shows how we are as Bulls fans. Like yeah. that's why. That's what. That's why sometimes I just. I just hate Chicago fans. If you don't sometimes. bring us six rings, we don't like you. Basically, exactly. It's like, oh, you you couldn't beat the guy that everyone claims is like Jordan. Well, screw you then. Like, oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, doing something no one has ever done, and is, and probably that alone will most likely get him into the Hall of Fame isn't good enough for you because you want the world and you're spoiled and you grew up when Jordan gave you everything <laughs> you could ask for as a Bulls fan. I am sorry. Like get over it. That's, I think that's the big thing for me who people were so like, Oh, but his knees, <laughs> his knees, <laughs> Derek Rose knees. Like get over it. If that's the only argument you have, then have you watched basketball lately? And I know that he, he gets hurt seemingly a lot all the time. That's Okay. All right, it just so happens to be Derrick Rose. That's why that's why they talk they talk they talk crap about him because yeah. it's Derrick Rose and he was always hurt. But I don't know. I think my biggest thing is that people just need to get the hell over it, man. Like, especially if he's not even hurting your team. Oh, absolutely. He's not he's not even on the damn Bulls anymore. Yeah. So why the hell do we care? Honestly, I mean, the only people who still care are here are people who still want to see him succeed and at least want to have a good career, or people who've been Derrick Rose fans since day one. Right. Me, you know, like I've been completely unapologetic about how much I am a big fan <laughs> of Derrick Rose, and yeah. I always will be. So I people just need to get over that. And I think, I think the I think that reporter who asked Jabari that question, I think he meant something else, but the way he phrased it was just so off-putting. Yes, it was almost derogatory, and I think that's why Jabari responded the way that he did. And I think his response was perfect because, like I said. Derrick Rose is a Chicago basketball icon. And if anyone tries to argue me with that, if anyone tries to argue me that, and they and they only base their argument around the fact that he was hurt and because of arrogance he decided to sit out longer than he probably been sit out longer even though he was cleared for a while, if that's your only argument and you're not willing to take into account all the great things that he actually provided for the city here and for Chicago basketball, both the Bulls and just basketball in general here in this in, are in Chicago, you know, f- for when he was at at his peak. If you don't want to take take into into account of that, then I don't want to even engage in that argument. Because if you're just going to solely focus on the on the negative side and not look into account all the positives that he did, because there were positives, there were positives. There still are positives. Then, yeah, you know, then that says more about you as a basketball fan. It may be more about you as a person as well, that you're not willing, that you're so fixated on the fact that he didn't play and he sucks now when you're not going to look at just the overwhelming, just the overall impact of him in general. I think that says more about you as a fan and a person if you were to just solely be like, oh, well, he just he just sucks, his knees, this, that, the other. And that's why I say those type of people just need to get the hell over it and if it really, and if it, and if he really irritates you all that much, then why are you paying that damn much attention to him in the first place? Like Absolutely. If, like if, like if you don't want to hear about Derrick Rose, and stop paying attention, stop looking for Derrick Rose news. Damn, it's easy. <laughs> like yeah. it, it ain't that. It ain't that hard. If you don't it, like it, him, just quit following him. 
Right. In an NBA world where everyone just wants to talk about the L.A. and the Warriors, it ain't that hard to not see any Derrick Rose news. Pretty like, simple, yeah. Yeah, it's very easy now. So, hell, block his name on any search engines that you have so it doesn't pop up. I don't know. <laughs> like, if it bothers them that much. <laughs> just go block him on Twitter. It's fine. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Like, Dale. Like, man, but, yeah, I think but that's that's my one last thing. That's that is my one very long last thing to basically supplement supplement my opening statement of my one last thing, which is, and I will repeat, put some goddamn respect on Derrick Rose's name. Absolutely. I think that was all very well said. Um, yeah, I think that's all the time we have for today. Connor, you want to close us out? Yes, yes, I do. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of First Round KO. Uh, hopefully me adding to be me being added to the show doesn't irritate you all too much. Uh, but I'm here to stay, baby. Absolutely. Uh, uh, make sure to follow me at on, uh, on Twitter at Connor Moore underscore seven. That is C-O-N-N-O-R-M-O-O-R-E underscore seven. K-O. Uh, you, got, you got any social media things you want to uh, toss out? Uh, Olsen2K18 on Twitter. Um, yeah, all the Twitter. All three Twitters, me, Connor, and the show will all be in the description. Make sure to also listen to us on YouTube, SoundCloud. Keep keep posted. And as always, make sure to stay with us as we shock the system, as we have done so since day one-ish, baby. We will see you guys on Monday. Begger, begging, please don't make me feel this again. Things are getting eerie like the lake is down in Michigan. Had a good year, kind of tired. Where the Michelin is at the finish line. Go get the checkered flag. Take a couple more shots. That's extended mag. I don't mean to brag. You smell the scented bag. I pull up solo at the function. I'm a tennis dag. Stone cold bachelor. Acid rap and chancellor. Couple years in amateur, but never had a chance. We are. You see me as a challenge.